Hey guys, welcome to the number 172 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. Today is a special day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is the season recap for the Washington Wizards and over here on Wiz Talk with Chase, we have covered nearly every single game but one. I'm going to break down why I did miss that game in a second, but I hope you guys did enjoy this season and do enjoy this episode. Just recapping it all. If you did enjoy the season, do enjoy this episode. Please subscribe, follow, share, and view. I appreciate the support, man. I, I, guys, I, I think we're up to 160 views last week. 110 already in the first three days of this week. Are you guys kidding me? Keep this up. This is amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And so, um, yeah, let's just get into this right now. Real quick before we do, I do have to let you guys know why I was out for a while. And I said, I will do whatever it takes to record an episode. Well, eventually that that's not going to work because, uh, sadly, uh, my grandfather passed away. And so I was going from place to place. And I had everything prepared. I just wasn't able to record. But we are here today. Um, everything is kind of cleared up. I'm back home, and I'm ready to record. And, guys, we have so much to break down. But real quick before I do, I do need to let you guys know, Cool Sports Network, we're going to be posting six episodes in 14 days over there. So link in the description to the Cool Sports Network. Also, chasesportsnews.com. I've been writing a lot of articles on there. And uh, just about the NBA playoffs, we have a lot of crazy stuff going on. And so um, if you want to see more coverage on that, link in the description. Also, my newsletter, I am starting that back up now that everything is normal again. So newsletter link also in the description. I've written two articles on there so far, one about the NBA and NFL combined, and then one about an NFL player's Hall of Fame status, if you should make it or not. Okay, that was a long intro, but we are getting into this starting in three, two, one, zero. Okay. This wizard season was a crazy one because it had ups and downs, and while this wizard season seemed to be disappointing, there were a lot of positive outcomes from it. The Wizards were able to start off the season 10-3 and before injuries got in their way. They were able to see that they could win games when Beal doesn't score the ridiculous 29-32 to 32 points per game he had in previous seasons. They saw young guys like Ruby Hachimura, Denny Avdia, and Corey Kispert develop. They saw a busy trade deadline giving them more cap space, Kristaps Porzingis, Ish Smith, and Vernon Carey Jr. They also saw the Westbrook trade worked out significantly as Kyle Kuzma and KCP had two great seasons. And most importantly, we saw the 2021-2022 Washington Wizards, a team that brought us now 104 episodes of excitement and enjoyment. Guys, this was an up-and-down season. I mean, if you've been listening this entire season, since the beginning of Wiz Talk with Chase, you're in my heart because this has been a crazy journey. We've had so many ups and down, ups and downs. We've had so many crazy games, crazy episodes. And I'm going to break that down in a little bit, but this was insane. And, you know, we're going to have so much off-season coverage, breaking down every single player on the Wizards, free agency decisions, Bradley Beal, should he accept his player option? What should the Wizards do with him? Trade options, look at a point guard, draft coverage, lottery. I mean, everything is going to be on here. And you guys... I have to be looking forward to that in the all-season. But I think for this season, we just saw so many different things happen. Like I said, the development of Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdi, and Corey Kisper, we'll get into that later. But the fact that this season, like, this is one of the more crazy seasons 
I've seen for the Wizards. Like, because they were up and down, up and down, up and down all season. It was so hard to really grasp who the Wizards were this season. I don't even know who they were this season. Because I don't know what they would have turned out with the, uh, it turned out to be if Bo and Kuzma didn't get injured for the first significant time in the season. So, definitely something interesting to think about. Reacting to my predictions, I had my points per game leader being Bradley Beal. I was correct if he did play the amount of games. He played 40 games, assuming he would have uh, continued that. He played, if he just played one more game, he would have been the scoring leader. But instead, because he did not play enough games, just one game shy, uh, Kyle Kuzma was the scoring leader for the Wizards. Rebounds per game, I had Daniel Gafford. The leader was Kyle Kuzma. Assists, I am the leader being Spencer Dinwiddie. It was Bradley Beal if he... If he was healthy and played one more game, but instead it was Kyle Kuzma. So Kuzma technically leading the Wizards in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. As I was reading the ESPN article, he should be in contention for most improved player, and he definitely pro- he probably would have won it, or at least gotten very good votes if he didn't get injured for the rest of the season. I'm really looking forward to see if he could get in that most improved, um, you know, kind of caliber, or see where he ranks in that if he does rank anywhere and that's yeah I'm, I'm just looking forward to see if he could win that award even though he missed some time down the season steals leader i had howell meadow and while he was one of the top steals leaders on the wizards it actually ended up being continuous cutter pope who had a really good season steals wise uh blocks i got this one correct i had daniel gafford and it was daniel gafford field goal percentage i had Montrez harrow and it was daniel gafford um that was a close one i mean you're gonna choose between probably one of the two centers and uh and, and gafford uh, was the one i chose harrow it's gafford you had a 50 50 shot right there basically three point percentage i had davis bertans and he wouldn't have played enough games anyway but he didn't shoot a great percentage for the wizards at all in fact he had his worst three point percentage ever as a wizard this season but the leader was ruby hachimura who shot nearly 45 percent from downtown if you do if you do round to the particular space he he did shoot 45 percent from three honestly it's just incredible it, absolutely incredible from ruby hachimura from the three-point line this season free throw percentage at kyle kuzma it didn't really make much sense i just thought he'd get to the line a lot and he'd improve his shooting which he did improve his shooting not his free throw shooting um technically the leader was katavius cutterwell pope but if he played enough games davis bertans would be the leader and per i had daniel gafford he was the per leader on the wizard in, in the 2020-2021 season, but it was Montrez Harrell because he did play enough games. He played 46 games, so that is over the majority uh, majority plus of the season, so he actually does get that vote for PER. Gafford was second, and then pretty sure Beal was third. Now, I made a basically comeback player of the year, most improved player at the halfway point of the season. I said that Rui Hachimura would shoot 36.9% or better from three for the season at the halfway point due to his shooting progression we saw. Instead, he shot 44.7% from downtown as he did make great development. Now, also in that halfway point, I said that I wanted to go 52 and 30. (laughs) In my predictions, or 50 and 32 around that range. And I went 42 and and 40. I mean, not terrible. I, I'm going to give myself a round of applause for that because the Wizards had so many injuries this season that it was so hard to really tell who they were. So I think a 40, I think a 42 and 40 record is definitely respectable. Um, you know, for someone who who watches who watches the Wizards and the podcast about the Wizards, you know. But did I get my awards correct? I did a team awards, right? So the team MVP, the team defensive player of the year, team most improved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I predicted that at the beginning of the season. Did I get it correct? 
Well, my MVP, absolutely, with Bradley Beal. I understand that Beal didn't lead the Wizards in win shares this season and had his worst record score and had his worst scoring season when you look at points per game since 2018. But Beal made such a big impact on Washington that doesn't get noticed on the stat sheet. Once Beal got hurt, the Wizards went 18 and 24, 11 and 18 since Beal was ruled out for the season. This also included six and three game losing streaks in the process. Beal was easily the most valuable wizard this season, no no questions asked. Defensive player of the year, I had Daniel Gafford. I'd say it was about 50-50 between him and Denny Avdia. Both played great on defense this season. I think both Daniel Gafford and Denny Avdia were the Wizards' best defenders. It's really hard to compare since Denny could guard nearly all five positions and Gafford can only guard two. But that is because of height. Gafford is an unbelievable defender in the paint. Avdia showed this season that his perimeter defense could give Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart, and others some contention for Defensive Player of the Year in a couple of seasons. So could Gafford with the right progression. They had the two best defensive plus-minus on the team, not including Montrose Harrell. They also ranked 2-3 and three on Washington in defensive win shares. They're both really talented defenders. Rookie of the Year, I have Corey Kispert. Um, that's correct. Not much competition, really, right there. Um... While there was basically no competition, Kispert had a very good season in 2022. Before Bradley Beal broke, broke his wrist, which ended his season, Kispert was only averaging 6 points per game while shooting just 31.5% from 3. But once Beal got hurt, Kispert took that starting job at shooting guard for Washington and played well in it. In this stretch, Kispert averaged 11.5 points per game while shooting 37% from 3. Kispert improved so much since gaining his starting role and is a key piece of Washington's future, however they decide to play it. Whether that's building around Beal, whether that's rebuilding, whichever direction they decide to go in, what Corey Kispert did this season gives them very good if they want to use him in a trade package, if they want to keep him. What we saw from Corey Kispert is very good for the Wizards in whichever direction they want to go in. Most improved? I had Rui Hachimura, I'd say 50-50. I think he improved the same as Danny. Rui Hachimura had a great season in 2022. After missing the first 39 games due to injury and personal reasons, Hachimura stepped up, averaging 11 points per game and 4 rebounds, while shooting 49% from the field, and as I mentioned, a ridiculous 45% from 3. While Hachimura declined in the per-game categories, he improved in his percentages, which is a huge step in his progression. The Wizards don't need Hachimura to have his best averages, like points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, etc. They just need him to play his role, and he played his role so well, and part of playing the role is, you know, shooting well, and he did do that, so that's a huge step in his progression. Denny Amdia also improved dramatically this season. He improved in his per-game categories, and he needs to because he's playing a lot of point forward now for the Wizards. He improved in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, steals per game, blocks per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage. He improved in, honestly, the most key basic stats you can think of. Avdia also improved on defense as he became someone that could guard the other team's best player pretty well. Both Avdia and Hachimura improved greatly in 2022. Coach of the year, Wes Unsel Jr., that's correct. There's no competition. While there's literally no competition for this award, Unsel Jr. did a decent job at Washington. I would give him about a B grade for the season. I would give him a plus if I did this once the Wizards started off 10-3. and However, things have declined since then. The Wizards went 25-44 and since this great start. This happened because the other teams had the game plan of let the team beat us to start the season since Westbrook and Beal. The star power had been the reason Washington won in 2021. However, teams changed their game plan to let Beal beat us 
and the Wizards haven't been able to adjust. While Coach Unsell Jr. can't control Bradley Beal's injury, the Wizards were already having trouble adjusting back when Beal was healthy. However, despite lack of adjusting, Unsell Jr. was known as a developer, and seeing Ruby Hachimura, Denny Avdia, Corey Kisper, and Kyle Kuzma, who is still secretly young, take big, unexpected steps in their progression gives me a lot of hope about Wes Unsell Jr.'s coaching ability, not only for this upcoming season, but in the future as well. Executive of the year, Tommy Shepard, that's correct, because there's no competition, because, well, Tommy Shepard is the executive for the Wizards, he, but he also made some moves that puts the Wizards in a good spot for whichever direction they decide to go in, whether it's building a Beal or rebuilding, because he freed up a lot of cap space. The Russell Westbrook trade was big in the offseason, and the Wizards gained Kuzma, KCP, and Harrell, who was flipped to get Ish Smith and Vernon Carey Jr., which freed up a lot of cap space. They also used Spencer Dumini and Aaron Holiday, who were part of that gigantic five-team trade, to get Kristaps, Porzingis, and Cash. Other good moves, like signing Tomas Sadoransky to a short-term deal um, to end the season, gives Shepard a B grade for his job in 2021-2022. Now, the Dimity signing, that could have been questionable, but yet again, he flipped to four Porzingis. So I'd give him, actually, you know, I'm changing. I'm giving him like a B-plus to A-minus around that range. I think he did a decent job. Now, what are the most fun games of the season, right? What were the games that nearly made my hair fall off? Los Angeles Clippers at Washington Wizards on January 25th immediately comes to mind. The Wizards were up by 35. 35. And they blew it. <laughs> and they lost the game 160 to 115. I was actually sick at the time. And seeing them lose that game made me more sick. Because the fact that they had a 35-point lead in the blue, the second biggest lead in NBA history, was just insane. In fact, that my podcast actually got so many views after that you have no idea so uh so i guess i'm technically a little happy considering the wizards feel went out for the season anyway it wouldn't have made a difference but uh that, that was just still an, an insane game i mean I, I still can't believe the wizards lost that two about to have a five second violation then a five second violation then the four point play from canard then you don't even get a ball and play to end the game now that, that was just gosh that was insane another insane game chicago bulls at washington wizards on new year's eve night <sighs> DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, back-to-back nights for DeMar DeRozan where he hit a buzzer beater. This was a second straight night, and and the fact that he was able to do that, it, it's just insane, you know? And, and this is a fun game. You know, Kuzma had a really good game, points and rebounds. Beal had 17 assists, but it was a back-and-forth game, and the Wizards were beating the best team in the Eastern Conference so after that game. After that win, they ended up being the best team in the Eastern Conference at the time, at least record-wise. And the fact that DeRozan was able to hit that shot, I mean, that was just an insane back-and-forth game. And as someone who covers the Wizards, I'm very happy that that, um, that that game happened because it made me learn a lot about the Wizards and what they could do in the future. Beal is a passer. Kuzma, that was really when Kuzma started to pick it up. And, um, yeah, just a really awesome game. Uh, Boston Celtics at Washington Wizards. The Wizards won this one 115-112 to in overtime. This was early in the season, October 30th. But that was a big win, you know. Um, and they started off really well to begin the season. Overtime, the Celtics got a shot off with Jason Tatum. Now, the Celtics of then, they were not the team not picking to win the championship, but picking the Celtics team, that's what they are now, to win the championship. But back then, they weren't as good. I say back then. This season, earlier the season, they weren't as good. And the Wizards were able to scrawl their crawl their way through a win 
And, uh, yeah, that was a tough one. Another tough one. Miami Heat at Washington Wizards on November 20th. Wizards were on a little bit of a losing streak. This is a big win, 103-100. to Now it's another back-and-forth game, defensive game. No offense could really get going. I was furious that the Wizards' offense couldn't get going. But, hey, they got the W. That's all that matters. Atlanta Hawks at Washington Wizards. This was on March 4th. Hawks got 117-114 to 114 win. This is when I really started to realize that the Wizards were probably not going to make the play-in tournament because if they won this game, they would just be half a game behind the Hawks for that 10th seed in the Eastern Conference, and they lost it to put them now one and a half games behind, and that just changed everything. You know, that, that changes everything right there. The Wizards never got back to that point for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, that was an insane game. Kuzma got a shot, half-court shot up at the buzzer. Just didn't go. Washington Wizards at Detroit Pistons. This game went to overtime for the Wizards, 190 to 116 win. This was on December 8th. The Wizards needed to win this game because they had been on such a bad losing streak. This is when they started to get to like 500, like 15 and 15, 16 and 16, 17 and 17, that kind of range um, in December. And this is a game where like if you lose to the Pistons, this the season's over, right? It's like you can't be you can't be having these losing streaks and then lose to the Pistons as well. And this is a big win. Kuzma had a game-winning shot with just six-tenths of a second remaining in the overtime. And, hey, the Wizards got the dub. Washington Wizards at Oklahoma City Thunder on November 26th. The Wizards got an 101-99 win. I was actually not able to see this game live because it was Thanksgiving. I was at my grandparents' house in New Jersey, and I was not, and they did not have the package, so I was not able to see it. But re-watching it, the Thunder got a shot up at the buzzer, missed it. Another crazy game. Again, the Wizards are starting to decline, and the fact that they won this one on an easy team was great. And, and then the fact that it was just a defensive back-and-forth game was insane. Brooklyn Nets at Washington Wizards. I remember I saw this one live. This this one really made my hair fall off. Um, the, the Wizards uh, lost 113 to 112 on uh, February 10th, trade deadline day. That, that was a rough one. That was a rough one, you know. But uh, Kuzma, hey, Kuzma had a good game, but the Wizards just weren't able to close it out. They were down big, then they came all the way back, and they just weren't able to win. That, that was a close game. And then the game that I went to, maybe this is a little biased, but the Washington Wizards at New York next. The Wizards lost 197. That was on March 18th. Maybe it's just because I was there in the garden atmosphere. It just seemed insane to me. But this game was also back and forth. It was a defensive game, a lot of fouls. Again, a lot of back-and-forth play, and the fact that the Wizards were down by 15 with three minutes left, and then Kispert, KCP, and Kuzma hit some shots, and we had a chance to win at the buzzer was pretty insane. I, I could, At least me, I consider that insane. So th- that, that was just on, guys, th- that was th- – these were the most fun games of the season, you know? And while the Wizards didn't win a lot of them, um, I, I was still happy about these games, those eight games that I nine, I can't even keep count now, um, that I just said because those honestly made this season very fun. Now, reacting to my win total, I have my over-under uh, 37 and a half wins. I had the Wizards getting 44. They only got 35 now. According to win shares, you know, between Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Bill's win shares, they still wouldn't have got 44 because of the time that they missed. So, technically, they wouldn't have got 44, but not using statistics, they probably would have got to 44 without those injuries. But 37.5 over under 35, that's not a terrible over under for me personally. So, you know, I'm going to take that. And and we're going to be breaking down each individual player again, as I said, like Beal, Porzingis, and others. Um, 
But honestly, this season was fun. You know, I, I forgot to put this one too uh, on the most fun games. Uh, Wizards Pacers, second game of the season. Boy, was that close. It went to overtime. Spencer Dinwiddie had a great game. And while Spencer Dinwiddie, um, you know, apparently there was a rumor or a bleacher report that came out that he wasn't getting along with the teammates and all that. Spencer Dinwiddie was a lot of fun to have in D.C. because he brought this this energy, this this atmosphere. That, that was just so much fun to watch, you know. So, um, you know, and Montrose Harrell brought it too. You know, it was a lot of fun to have those guys on the team. Aaron Holiday was pretty fun to have as well, man, you know. But, uh, you know, Thomas Bertans is fun as well. And all these guys, but, you know, eventually there's an end of an era, right? But it never ends, I wish, talk with Chase. When you're a wizard and I've covered you, you are always will have a place in my heart. Whether you played a middle second for the Wizards, or you played every single second of the season, you're always going to have a place in my heart. So, thank you to all of these players that I'm about to mention for making this season an amazing one. Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal, Catavius Cuddlewell, Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford, the old starting lineup right there, Christophe Porzingis, Havel Nutto, Ruby Hachimura, Montrose Harold, Denny Avdia, Ishmith, Tomas Sadoransky, Davis Bertans, Aaron Holiday, Brad Wanamaker, Trump, Thomas Bryant, Tremont Waters, Vernon Carey Jr., Corey Kispert, Isaiah Todd, Joey Ayi, Craig Sward, Jordan Shuckle, uh, Jordan Goodwin, Greg Monroe, Jamie Achenik, and Alizai Johnson. You know, Brad Watermaker actually led the Wizards in assists per game with seven, but obviously he didn't play enough games. But uh, yeah, that's it was pretty crazy to actually technically see that Brad Watermaker led the Wizards in assists. You know, Tremont Waters, he also had a good game, um, you know, in his time. He played one game, then these guys got COVID. That was during the COVID time. Where there were so many 10-day contract guys. But uh, yeah, they played well. Uh, so did Greg Monroe, man. Greg, Greg Monroe was a really good center for us. I'm pretty sure he played two games, but he, but he was getting rebounds. He was getting some buckets. I, I really, I was really liking what I saw from him. Same with Alasai Johnson with the athleticism. You know, all these guys, you know, they all have a place in my heart and and some of them are going to be covering next season. So stay tuned. This is not the end of an era. We're still, while well, this season has ended, a new one is beginning. Starting next episode, Boomer Bust episode. What are the Wizards going to do? What direction should I think the Wizards are going to do this offseason? And then this entire offseason, we'll be breaking down what the Wizards should do if they went in this direction or that direction. I'm not going to spoil those, you know, um, you know, um, what they could do, you know, those two things, boom or bust. But, um, yeah, whether they want to go all, you know, build or rebuild, I'm not going to say my opinion yet. That will be next episode. But stay tuned for draft coverage, free agency coverage, trade coverage, point guard coverage, lottery coverage, anything that has to do with the Wizards and the NBA coverage, you will get it here. Cool Sports Network, chasesportsnews.com, chasecover.substack.com. I'm tired. I'm going to go watch Wizard Celtics. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for an amazing season, 104 episodes. I loved it. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.